Open your eyes to the tree of life. We know that there were two trees in the midst of the garden, right? Uh, one was the tree of life, one was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I wanna, it, this is kind of a study on uh, what those uh, trees are a type of. But it's even more than that. Over the last couple of weeks, uh, I've been getting ready for Jeffrey to come in and kind of talk to us. Uh, we, you know, I was asked about vision, vision, vision. What's the vision? What's the vision? And I told you guys, I was just very transparent. I kind of lost sight of the vision uh, because I thought we were going into the priest and we didn't really need to be in there, right? And uh, there's a lot of um, opportunities for us ahead. But what's the vision of the church? That's why it's in your bulletin. We're going to put that stuff in your bulletin every week so you'll be reminded of what it is. Just kind of know. Uh, what the vision for your church is. A lot of people don't know that for their churches that they go to, um, but I want you to be very aware of what our vision is. In fact, he, he asked Wednesday night, what's the vision of the church? And nobody knew. But I really believe in my heart that you guys know. You guys know what we do here. You know that we're about setting people free. You might not be able to word it like it's worded in the bulletin, but you know what we're here for. We're here to set people free and to be a healing place for people that have been hurt in other places, right? That's what our, our church is called to, to do. And so I, I know that uh, it doesn't need to be in there, but if you're visiting our church, I want people to know who we are and what we're all about. So that's, that's in there. So I, I just got to thinking about vision, vision, vision. So I wanted to go to James chapter one where we'll start out. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, anybody lack wisdom? Tells you, tells you exactly what to do. Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally, freely, and without reproach. He doesn't give to you and then correct you and then condemn you and then and then say, well, you got to do this or this is why you haven't gotten it because you haven't done this. No, he gives it to you without reproach. And he gives it to you freely, liberally, right? And, and it will be given to him. So all, what are we supposed to do if we want wisdom? If we like wisdom, what are we supposed to do? Ask God. Just ask. How many of us really go to him and ask? God, what do you want us to do? And then where we're going to go here is sometimes we think we know we're God. Like the priest, I thought, I asked. Priest came up. Oh, well, it's got to be from God. It's called the priest. We had all these plans. We're like, man, we can do this and this and this, and we can help out the community. I'm like, man, it's a God thing. Man, it's going to happen, right? And then it didn't happen. And you're like, God, I asked for wisdom. You, you gave me a piece about it. But was there really a piece about it? There was always issues behind it, right? Um, so it, sometimes we think our desire to want something, we equate with being at peace. And that's not always the case, right? Because our, our flesh wants something so bad, we try to justify it to where we feel the peace. But our peace truly comes from, from God. And if we lack wisdom in anything, the Bible just says, ask them, right? And how do we ask? Next verse. But let him ask in, say it, faith. faith, faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Have you guys ever had a decision in front of you and you felt like, we're going this way. And then, no, we're going this way, right? It's confusing. You don't know if it's from God or, or from somebody else or if it's just what you want and desire so you're like you're like in the sea and you don't know which way to go anybody feel like that there's a reason why this is in scripture because people feel like that you might not admit it right now all right you're all lying there'll be a chance for confession at the end of the service y'all can get rid of all that <laughs> but we have to ask in faith that's all he's saying if you lack wisdom ask 
God in faith and don't doubt. What does it mean, don't doubt? It means don't doubt that he will answer you. He will answer you. He always does. He will give you freely, liberally, without reproach, he'll give you wisdom for where he wants you to be, whatever decision you got to make in your life. All you got to do is ask him. Sometimes we don't. We pray about it. We say, God, if it's your will, if it's your will, if it's your will, if it's your will. God's will is that you prosper in all things, right? Does the word say that? I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. That's God's desire, his will for you. All right? Uh, for, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord if you're that guy that's being tossed, right? Without, if you ask by faith and doubt, this is what happens, right? Uh, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You can't be stable if the winds are tossing you back and forth. So the key to this whole thing is, if you lack wisdom, ask God, ask our Father, and do it by faith. We have to ask in faith. All right, let's go to Habakkuk. 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 That's a Star Wars character. <laughs> let's go to the Bible character guy, right? The real person. It says, I will stand. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Now, this is Old Covenant, and he, but I wanted you to see this. I will watch to see. How do we see a vision from the Lord? Notice it says, I will watch to see. What does that mean? Our eyes have to be open. I will watch to see. I almost titled this watch to see because it's not just that you're going to sit back and hear by faith. It's you have to watch and see. God always gives pictures. He's all about pictures. We saw that a couple weeks ago with scripture. Uh, God will say things like your wife will be like a, a fruitful vine, right? That is a picture of, of your wife will be so intoxicating to you. You'll be drunk on her love. Her lips are like sweet wine. <laughs> yeah, but we watch to see. Sometimes when we're praying, our eyes are closed. Sometimes God wants us to, he'll give us visions, right? Have you guys ever had a vision? You're like, whoa, that, that, I, that's a vision. Well, sometimes we see the vision comes from reading the word because it's a picture. He gives pictures, images, right? Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 3 says this, if anybody's prophesying, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. In the old covenant, when God would send prophecies, they would they would do so with pictures, telling people what's going to happen. But it wasn't a good thing, right? They're like, "Oh God, please don't let that happen." Well, it would happen. It was sometimes it was good, sometimes it was very bad. God was going to tell you what was going to happen, but He would do it through a prophet. Well, new covenant prophecy, nothing bad. If somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey man, God told me that uh, that you need to get your, get right because you know." You are going to be faced with a huge challenge that is going to affect your family and, and you may even die. To, you, don't let people do that. Don't let people prophesy over you. If somebody's going to prophesy over you, this is new covenant. It has to be edifying. It has to be lifting you up, exhortation, and it has to be of comfort. When people say, I got a word from the Lord from you, if it doesn't consist of this, it's not from the Lord. All right, that's wisdom. Somebody says, hey, I got a word from the Lord. I'll listen, but it, it better be edifying, encouraging, and it better uh, be exhortation, which means lifting you up. That's, you, can everybody see that's New Covenant prophecy? 
Old covenant prophecy wasn't like that. But something has happened, right? So we we uh, we live, we can love on it too, but we live on the blessed side and not the cursed side. There was a time when God said, I will curse you from, from generation to generation to generation, right? To the third and fourth generation. But now, because of what Christ did on the cross, we live on the blessed side. Old side, there was some cursing with that prophecy. New side is blessed. It brings life. That's what Jesus came to do. Amen? So I want you to see we're on the blessed side of this thing when someone prophesies and when God prophesies. Daniel, uh, you guys know Daniel received visions, right? Let's just go and see how he received visions. Daniel chapter 1 says, as for these four young men, it was Daniel and three of his boys. God gave them, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature. Right? I didn't have that gift in school. God gave them, that's why they came. They were, they were taken away from their home uh, country back then, and they were brought in to be uh, wise men in this, in this kingdom here. So, so they, uh, they came, uh, God gave them skill in literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So Daniel was able to interpret the dreams of the king who nobody else could interpret it, right? He brought in everybody. Nobody could do it. Daniel could do it. And then this king uh, uh, gave Daniel a position, right? And then they came against him. They wanted to kill him. Uh, you guys know that story? Yeah? No? We ain't got time for it now. Read it. <laughs> so, so Daniel did interpret the dream. But how did Daniel receive the vision of the dream? And if you go to Daniel chapter 7, verse 1, it tells you. Right? In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head while on his bed. How did the, how did the vision come to Daniel? In his sleep. He was, in, he was on his bed. He wasn't working for it. He wasn't begging God for it. It just came to him while he was asleep. Visions came to him. And, 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 then, he, and then it says, then he wrote down the dream. Sometimes we get visions and we don't write them down. And then what happens? We forget them. How many of you guys have had a dream? It just happened to me the other night. Had a dream so vivid. You wake up. You're thinking about it while you're waking up. You go to the bathroom, come back. You can't remember what it was. And it's driving you crazy. You're like, what did I dream about? I, I know it had something to do with Kelly. <laughs> See, wisdom. Wisdom. Thank you, Lord. But it came when he was asleep, and it was pictures, right? Pictures. That whenever he interpreted dreams, it was it was pictures, and the king was able to get it. Right? Sometimes men need pictures. A picture's worth a thousand words. If you try to use a thousand words, I won't get it. Show me a picture. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Right? So how did the king? How did the king? So we know Daniel was 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 given knowledge, but how did the king? So if you go back to Daniel chapter two, this is Daniel talking to the king. As for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind while on your bed. So even for the king, he had visions and thoughts while he was asleep, and his thoughts are always a picture. Picture. God's word is a picture book. Anytime Jesus would give some kind of a parable that wasn't a picture, like you can almost see it. You can almost see the picture. That's how it works. Because God knows we're wired that way, man. 
Alright, Psalms 92 says this, But my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. See the picture? A wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. Say anointed. Fresh oil. What happens next? When you're anointed with fresh oil, what happens next? My eye also has seen my desire of my enemies. You can see the desire of your enemies and you can have victory over them. Notice that you're anointed and then the next day, your eyes are open. Are you with me? You're anointed. Next thing, your eyes are open and your ears are open. Now your eyes are open to the vision. Why do you need eyes? To see the vision. Ears. You need all that stuff. You can hear directly from the Spirit, from the, from the Lord himself. But the anointing, and then your eyes are open, then your ears are open. Does that make sense? Anointing is so important. So, and then it goes on. This same chapter talks about the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. You see the picture? The picture? He shall grow like a cedar. That's a strong tree in Lebanon, right? Uh, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. I love that, man. They shall still bear fruit in old age. You say amen. He's renewing your youth. You're anointed. Your eyes are open. You're able to hear from him. And your youth is being renewed. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Fresh and flourishing. This is all good stuff, guys. Good news. All right? They shall bear fruit in their old age. Kel, I got you, girl. Well, we done. <laughs> to declare that the Lord is upright, why will you have all those things? To declare that the Lord, the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. I love that there is no unrighteousness in the Lord. None. And guess what? Today, for us, his righteousness has become our righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Say, I am righteous. It's all because of Jesus. That's why all these things will flourish in your life. You realize you've been anointed. And now your eyes are open. Now your ears are open. Your youth is being renewed. You're being restored. And it's all because of his righteousness that he's given to you. Amen? Beautiful. Genesis 3. This is the part I was trying to tell you about earlier. Bob on the phone. This is unbelievable. You read it, you're like, wow. It's always been there. You know that if you ask God for a revelation, that he will give it to you? God, God, show me a fresh revelation. Give me something. I, I want to chew on it. I want to, I want to understand it. I want to see Jesus. He'll do it. And he'll use a verse that you've seen a thousand times. And it'll be new. The word is alive. Amen? Amen. So, Genesis chapter 3. Uh, so, so, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, she saw that the tree was good for food. How would she know that that food was good if she's never tasted it before? She saw that that tree, what tree was this? The tree of knowledge of good and evil. She saw the tree was good for food. What would make her think if she's never tasted that before, that it was good for food? And that it would make her what? It's pleasant to the eyes, desirable to make one wise. So she's, at, she's looking for wisdom. Like we just said we were, right? Looking for wisdom. But she's seeing something she's never tried before and, and thinks that it's good. What, what did God want them to do? There was only one tree they couldn't eat from. That tree. Right? That tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God wanted their eyes to be open to something else. 
but they ate, they saw it was not. So I want you to see that it was the enemy that put that image in her head that that fruit was good. And it would make you wise. It would make you just like him. Just like God. That temptation, right? But it's interesting that she saw the fruit. It doesn't say she tasted it. Right? She saw it. It's a picture. It's visible. She saw it. She had a thought in her head. That's why... Jesus himself said, hey, if you even look at a woman, you've already done it. Why? Because in your mind, you're not seeing words. Amen? The guys are like, I ain't answering that. Man. I don't know what you're talking about, man. But it's a picture thing. So the enemy put a picture in her head, a picture that was not what God wanted her to see. Right? And so she, uh, it says that she also gave to her husband. Uh, with her, and he ate, and then here it is. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, right? I was going to say, say naked, but that's inappropriate. Naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. So the eyes of both of them were opened when they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree that God told them not to eat from. They saw, they saw their lack when they saw that tree. Right? But if they would have looked at Jesus, they'd have saw the supply. They had everything they could ever ask or think of. Everything. God made everything. Put man right in the middle of it. There's nothing they needed. But when they saw lack, that's when everything changed. That's why we don't look at the lack. When you look at the law, you see where you lack. When you look to Jesus, you see your supply. And it's given freely to you. It's grace. You don't earn it. You can't deserve it. You don't deserve it. You can't earn it. Can't work for it. It's freely given to you. Amen? Amen. So they looked and, and their eyes were opened when they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, uh, and, and they knew they were naked. Naked is a picture of what? Sin. When you see nakedness in the Bible, it's, it's talking about sin. Right? That's why they tried to, what is sowing fig leaves together? That's you trying to compensate for your sin. What does God do? He provides Clothing for them. That's grace. Everybody with me? When you see nakedness, you, you're, it's, a, it's, a, it's a form of saying you're, you're focused on your sin. You're focused on where you fail. You're guilty. You're condemned. And you're trying to do something to cover it up. That's works. Whereas God provided for them a blood sacrifice and gave them something even better. That's what he does. Amen? Okay, Psalms 8, 5 says this, For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. We lost that glory in the garden. They had glory. They had it, but they lost it. The moment they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, their eyes were open, and they were naked. God never made man to be naked. Never. In fact, he made them, he had crowned them with glory and honor. And the word crown there is encompassed. Adam and Eve were naked the whole time. Why didn't they see each other that way? Because they were crowned with glory. Amen? You with me? That word literally means surrounded in a sphere of glory. They didn't see their nakedness. They were naked the whole time. They didn't see it. Because they were crowned with glory. That's how God made man, right? And then you see in Romans 3, 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We forfeited that in the garden. We had the glory of God, but they forfeited it because they ate from the wrong tree. 
the tree that God did not want their eyes open to. So what does Jesus do? Jesus comes and dies on the cross. All right, he comes to give us that glory back. Has he done that? Yes, this is what he says in John 17. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us, church, right? Uh, that they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. We are one with the Father and the Son right now and the Holy Spirit. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit, right? And the glory which you gave me, I have what? Given them. The glory that we lost in the garden, because of the finished work of Jesus, he has given back that glory to us. Amen? We have the glory of God back. It's not that it was taken away from us uh, by Adam and Eve, and we got to wait till we get to heaven to get it again when we're a uh, spirit. Man, we have the glory of God right now. That's why we can walk into places and bring the favor of the Father with us. Are you with me? So we have the glory of God again. We did not lose it. We lost it, but we got it back when Jesus finished the work. Uh, oh, that's I and them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one, perfect in one, church. That's how God sees us now. God sees you as if you are Jesus. As he is, so are we in this world. So when you feel like you're not perfect because of our actions, we got to know the way God sees us is we are perfect because of Jesus' actions. That's the gospel. We're not going to be perfect. But because of what Jesus did, that's how God sees us. Right? There's no conditions here, man. None. And, and have loved them as you have loved me. Beautiful. That's the gospel. Now, there was a couple in the garden named Adam and Eve. They ate from the wrong tree. Their eyes were open to their nakedness, their sin. The day Jesus rose from the dead, he takes a little walk with another couple. You with me? Their eyes are open. Same thing. This is not just a story stuck in the scripture on the day Jesus rose from the dead. There is a reason this story is in there, the day Jesus rose from the dead. He is restoring us back to the garden. He wants everybody to know it. They lost it in the garden. But because of what Jesus did, the very day he rose... He goes and meets this couple that we've never heard of before. Why? To let us know that we're restored back to the garden. Right? Watch this. God gave them a choice, didn't he? Adam and Eve gave them a choice. They, they, they could choose to eat from every tree, including the tree, the, the, including the tree of life, but they chose the tree of knowledge of good and evil because Satan put a, an image in there. But Jesus is going to give them a choice too. Right? Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which means warm baths, right? Which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. Jesus died. He was on the cross. It was big news everywhere. He was buried. And they're like, man, we thought he was the one, right? Uh, so it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Jesus drew near and went with them. I said that I did a wedding. Uh, I didn't. I, I officiated a wedding this weekend, and we were sitting at a table with a, some friends of ours, and Kelly was telling a story about somebody who found Jesus. I'm like, Jesus wasn't lost, man. They didn't find Jesus. They were lost, right? 
that stuck with them. They just talked about it the whole night, didn't it? Even afterwards, well, one thing I learned tonight, <laughs> Jesus ain't lost. I'm like, no, he's not. It's amazing those little things, though, right? So, so Jesus himself drew near and went with them, um, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. So Jesus restrained their eyes because he wanted to give them the same choice that Adam and Eve had. God doesn't want a bunch of robots. He wants people that want and desire that relationship with him. Right? He could have created a robot if he just wanted people to serve him. But he loves people. He wants to give them a choice to see his love and want to be with him. Right? It's different if I force Kelly to love me than if I just show her how much I am worthy to be loved. That come out right, Vince? No? Close? You guys understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want to go there again because I don't know where I So Jesus, Jesus didn't allow them to see him. There's a reason why, right? People will read this and be like, why would he do that? Because he wanted them to have a choice. All right, so let's skip down so we're not reading the whole story for a second time. Uh, and then he said to them, oh, foolish, because they were like, man, we thought he was the one. And Jesus finally goes, oh, foolish ones. And, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets had spoken. Like everything was about him. All the prophets talked about Jesus. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. His glory, right? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus is telling them, what is Moses? It's the law. It's the first five books of the Bible. So in other words, Jesus told them from the beginning through all the prophets, the Old Testament. He told them all that. All that stuff was about who? Jesus. And he, it, was, it must have been the greatest eye-opening experience walk ever. Seven miles. Seven miles. Wouldn't you like to have a, a copy of that tape? Oh, uh, wouldn't you be able to download that on Spotify? Copy that tape. <laughs> you know it. We did a VHS video or whatever, whatever. Beta. Anyway, um, yeah, everything was about Jesus, man. And he's telling these guys this. Why would he be doing it on this day? And, and, and then if you go down uh, to verse 30, now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, he would have told them even more. Pace was talking about this morning. He would have told them even more, but they wanted to stop and bring him in. Right? Bring him in. So it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took, what did he, what did he take right there? Bread. bread. Took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to him. That's a form of communion. What does the bread represent? Our healing. Right? Jesus took it, broke it, gave it to him. After, he's, after he told him all that scripture was about him, man. After that. And then he took the bread, blessed it, broke it, gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. So here we see another couple. This time their eyes are open, and they knew him. Why? They just spent time in the Word. They just saw Jesus in Scripture. Jesus told them, this is about me. All this is about me. Everything that I'm in, in, in the Scripture is about me. And then Jesus gave them the bread. That's the finished. That's a picture of the finished work. He broke it, blessed it, gave it to them, and then their eyes were open and they saw him. They didn't see their lack. They didn't see stuff they didn't have. They didn't see their sin. 
They didn't see uh, where they failed God. They saw, they knew Jesus at that moment after he broke the bread and gave it to them. And then he disappeared. That's rude. They knew him. Next verse says, man, their heart didn't our heart, didn't our heart, didn't our heart, it's singular. Didn't, didn't our heart just jump when he was in our presence? So literally what they're saying, man, our heart felt it. Notice it says heart. How many people were there? Two. Why would it say heart? Because, man, when you see Jesus, it's just we're one accord. Their heart is a heart issue. That's the theme of the month, right? It's a heart issue. But I want you to see, man, you got two couples. You got one couple. They, 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 the first couple, Adam and Eve, they partook from the wrong tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which represents the law. They, they partook of that, and they knew they were naked. Anytime you sit under the law, anytime you sit there and, you, and, you're, and, you're, and you're meditating on that stuff, man, you see your nakedness. You see sin. That's what the law was designed to do. But when you come to the table, you see Jesus in his finished work, and you know him. You know him. You don't see your lap. You see a God who knows more than you do and who is for you. Look at this. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give you what? All things. Is there something you're lacking? Don't try to do it on your own. Don't, don't try to get it based on what you do, which is the law of the, the, the tree of the knowledge. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The law. See Jesus. See, he's your supply. Anything you need, if you need wisdom, ask God. And do it by faith. How can we do it by faith? Faith is believing that what Jesus did made it possible for you to come to God and receive freely all things that pertain to this life. All things. I've been hammered recently uh, on social media by someone who says, uh, you know, it's not just faith. You can't just say you gotta have faith, gotta have faith, gotta have faith. I'm telling you, without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's, right. That's what the word says. I'm not saying that it's gonna be answered. I mean, I would love for nobody to be sick and dying. I would. You don't think God would love that? But people make choices. All I can tell you, and I don't follow it 100% of the time. I fail all the time. My faith is weak a lot. Sometimes I feel like I have no faith. But you still got to speak out what the word says and let God do it. You just do it by faith. That's your part. Faith is your part. The result is going to be whatever the Lord wants it to be. But I can tell you this. If Jesus says that it's by his stripes we're healed, I might not see it around me. I might not even feel it myself. But that's what the word says. And guess what? That's what we speak. That's faith. You just speak out what the word says. I spoke out faith over, over some people and they passed away. And I'm like, man, maybe my faith didn't work. But then that's not up to me to decide. My role, what I'm called to do is speak by faith. Walk by faith. Believe by faith. Amen? I, I, I can't control the outcome. All I know is if they're a believer, they're better off now than when they were right here on this earth. There's no ventilator machine in heaven. They, they breathe better than we do. Yeah, I miss them. I want them back. I wish death wouldn't. You don't think God, God hates death. Death is an enemy of God. That's why Jesus conquered death. 
Death is now under our feet. We don't die. As believers, our last breath here, we're more alive in heaven on our next breath. Amen? Amen. That's defeated. To us, death is being here in human form and being gone the next minute. That's death. To God, man, it's like we die in this human form. We drop out of this body. It's like we shed it. Like if I had a coat on, I would just shed the coat. I'm still alive. I'm just in heaven. More alive than I ever was here. Amen? So death has lost its sting. So don't lose faith. If you're lacking wisdom for anything, all it does is say, ask him. And he will freely give it. Liberally. And he won't do it with reproach. He doesn't say, if you do that. There's no conditions. No conditions. I heard a, 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 on the way to that wedding, it was a, a, a drive, and we're listening to some children's uh, messages for Noah. Uh, you know, Bible stories, little tidbits, man. And the guy at the end of each story would come on and say, what we've learned in this message is, if we, if we, if we, it was like all this, if, if you, then this, and, and conditional love. There's no if, man. God loves you, and he has blessed you. There's nothing you can do. To earn more of it or less of it. He gave you Jesus. If God did not spare his own son, what more can we ask for? We got to know that the Lord loves us. The Lord is for us. All we got to do is ask him. If you lack wisdom, ask. Ask your father. And don't doubt. It's not that you're going to doubt his answer. You don't know his answer. What you don't doubt is that he's able to do it. Because he is. Amen? As we do communion, if you guys want to come back, come on down. I want you to know this. We, we all, we, some of us know Stan Stone. He's a, he's a friend of ours. I've worked with him for a long time. He's on life support right now. And it's a shock to a lot of people. It's not a shock to God, the Father. Amen? We have an opportunity to stand in the gap for him and his family. If you want to do that with me this morning. Um, that God is able to do wonderful things there. We've been in this spot, it seems like a month ago, where we were praying for God to do something. Almost begging him, because we don't want people we know and love to go, man. We don't. And then when it, it doesn't work out the way we want, we think, man, what is, what is God doing? God is not killing or taking anybody. It, nowhere is God taking someone out of this earth. God, God took my wife away. God took my mom away. God doesn't take like that. He doesn't. God receives them. You understand the difference? He receives them because he loves them. But he doesn't take anybody. He's not causing people to die anymore, man. You know why? Because Jesus died for that reason. The enemy is doing it. This world is cruel. This world is evil. But we are in it, but we're not of it. We are in the, in the heavenly places, and we speak from a spiritual standpoint. Right? You know what makes us doubt when we ask God for something? What, what do you think makes you doubt? When I pray for someone to be healed, you know what, I, what What causes me to doubt? I think about my mom not being, quote, not being healed when I pray. We look at our past experiences, and we base God's love and truth on that. But that's not the truth. That's something that happened. Right? How many times can we focus on people where God did miracles, even in our own lives? In fact, I'm up here speaking as a miracle. You know what I mean? God still does those things. But all we want to do, what does Satan want to put in your head? What is the, what is that, man? Oh, thank you, Paul. I like, like, man. 
the Lord must really like this mess. We can't base we can't base God's truth on our experiences. God's truth is the truth. The word says, man, by his stripes we're healed. He himself bore my sicknesses and my diseases. Right? That's all we can do is speak that out by faith. And do not doubt that he's able to do it. Because the, the enemy wants to put a picture in your mind. He wants to put a picture of my mom lying dead on the bed where I found her. That's what I see sometimes. That's not the truth. That's not, God didn't take her. God received her because he loves her. Amen? We can have life, church, and have it more abundantly. All we have to do is look to the tree of life, which is Jesus, and see him. When your eyes are open, that's what this table is all about. When you eat this cracker, you're seeing Jesus. You're not seeing the tree of knowledge of good evil. You're seeing Jesus. You know Jesus. So eat this cracker, boldly know Jesus. You'll know him. You'll know that he's your supplier. He's your healer. There's nothing he's holding back from you. Amen? But if you come here and you see yourself, you're looking at the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And you're, and you're judging yourself based on what you've done. Man, I'm encouraging you, just like Jesus broke the bread, when we break this bread, you'll know Jesus. And you'll know he's for you. And he's got plans to bless you. If he didn't spare Jesus, how will he not freely give you all things that pertain to life? That's, that's what the word said, church. Don't argue with it. Don't fight it. Don't try to convince yourself it's not for you. Just receive it. Just receive it. Amen? By the stripes we
Now, right, pray, church. Listen, go to our Father who loves us, who has qualified us by the blood of Jesus to come and receive and just be reminded of our healing. And let's just, if you want to stand in the gap for someone, please stand in the gap for the Stone family. Uh, that God would just do this amazing miracle there. Even though there's part of us that don't believe it might be possible, we speak it out by faith that God will do it. Amen? He is able, yes? He is able. If you lack wisdom, ask. Let's just thank Him for what He's about to do. Father, we just thank You for Your Word, Your truth, God, that we can, that our eyes are open to the truth, that we see Jesus, God, we see Jesus paying for our healing, paying for our sicknesses, and even death, Father, thank you that Jesus has accomplished that by himself. God, that we don't have to do anything but speak by faith. And by faith, we believe. Father, without faith, it's impossible to please you. Faith is everything. We walk by faith. And right now, by faith, we speak out, Father, that you have healed him, your child. God, you knew this would happen. God, we pray that you would get the glory. Either way, you're getting the glory. But we know one thing. No matter what happens here on this earth, Stan Stone lives. He lives. He has eternal life. Life here, life in heaven. He's living. Nothing can take that away from him. And that's because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross and when he rose from the dead. Thank you, Father, for being true to your word, for never wavering. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And by faith, we just speak out what your word says, that it is by Jesus' stripes he is healed, that Jesus himself bore his sicknesses and his diseases. Thank you, Father, for giving wisdom to the medical staff, to the family, to the people that are sending messages of encouragement. Let them be messages that bring life encouragement, exhortation, comfort. Thank you for being our comforter and surrounding that family with your love right now. Send people into their lives, even as we speak, that would bring life into those situations and remind them of who they are and whose they are. You are a wonderful, loving Father. Thank you for your great love for us. Every time we eat this cracker, we are reminded of the finished work of Jesus. And all we can say is thank you. Let the church say, Amen.
satisfied the Father. It's got to satisfy us. That's the message for Joshua's place in my mind, is when I get around people and I'm looking at them, I'm letting them know, man, that you got to see yourself as the Lord sees yourself, that you were qualified, that you were blessed, that you were highly favored, that you have been given so much in this life that you don't even know, and, and just reminding them all the things, because all they hear out there, guys, is what we hear. There's a reason it's called news, and it's bad. Right? That's why we have the good news. Right now, the bad news is far outweigh in the good news when it comes to what we receive. And I want you to know, when you receive the good news, you receive life and purpose. That's why, that, I believe that's what's missing. And that's why the enemy is so, he's working so hard to make that the truth. It's our, we have an opportunity to come out and bring the good news. I'm excited about that. This is a huge reason why that someone like myself can even stand up here and speak boldly right now. Because I know I'm forgiven. I'm not just forgiven for my past. I'm forgiven for everything I'll do. Because that's how powerful it was. And that gives me the ability to be able to stay up here and do this. Because I know I'm forgiven. And you are too. You are too. So let's give them thanks. It's a beautiful gift, man. Beautiful gift. Father, we just thank you for Jesus, who is the gift that just keeps on giving. It's an everlasting gift. He has finished the work. He died for our transgressions, but he rose to justify us. We right now are justified. We stand justified in your sight and in your presence because of the work of your son, Jesus. We give him the glory and the honor he is deserving of. Father, thank you for this reminder that we can come boldly to the table and make our requests known. We can ask wherever we lack, we can ask and you will freely, abundantly give it to us. Thank you, Father, for giving us wisdom this morning as we see Jesus and know him. We thank you, Father, through the breaking of the bread and the drinking of the of the wine, Father, that we see Jesus in his finished work. When we see him in his finished work, we know him. Thank you for the revelation of knowing Jesus intimately, fully, fully we know Jesus. Thank you for your great love for us and forgiving us and justifying us and making us righteous by the blood of Jesus. 
Every time we drink this cup, we are reminded of the finished work of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father. Let the church say, Amen. We have all things that pertain to life. I want you to know that when you walk out of here and you're seeing, you're looking at your natural circumstances and you're, you're wondering what's going on, you're looking for wisdom, ask him. Ask him and he'll freely give it to you. And it's always without reproach. And it's always something that's going to exhort and comfort and lift you up. So let me pray. And then uh, we can be dismissed. Um take a short break and, and come right back in and discuss. We got a few slides that Jay's going to go through and uh, and I believe that God has given us wisdom and uh, and we're going to we're going to move forward with our wonderful ministry opportunities that we have. Amen, but we want to be very transparent with you as a church. We feel like that's the wisdom that God gives. You don't want me making decisions. I made some bad decisions in this church. <laughs> Let's pray for those people that just left. <laughs> Father, we thank you for this morning, God. Thank you for showing us Jesus. Thank you, Father, that, that he is our provision. He is our supplier. He is everything we could ever ask, think, or want. Father, we thank you for going before us this week, even today. Even today, giving us wisdom. Giving us one mind, one accord. That we are going to bring the good news wherever you have us. It is not the building it's the message that you have given us, the church, the people, to love people and to open up their eyes to your love for them. So, Father, thank you for the people you've assembled here today, even the people that were watching on the Internet, Father, that you have blessed them with a word that, that uh, they lack wisdom in any area. All they have to do is simply ask and see Jesus. Father, may they have communion in their own homes when it comes to making decisions and just not follow the visions of the enemy or the world or even of their own lust in their heart, Father, but truly be able to see Jesus and his wisdom given to them. Thank you for restoring us to the garden. God, where glory was taken away, you have given us glory back. Father, thank you for using us to, be, uh, to bring favor wherever we go because of the glory that was given to us through the finished work of Jesus. Father, we receive it. We look forward to all that you're going to have in store for us as a church, your church, to bless this community. I just want to lift up the ministries, Father, the, the SOG ministry. Uh, Father, we want to lift up uh, the Haiti ministry that, that you've called us to support. 
Uh, we want to lift up uh, Josh's place as it, as it evolves and, and your wisdom just pours out upon it. Father, thank you for the people that will be touched by all these ministries that you are opening up here. Father, we look forward with great expectation to what you're going to do in and through us. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Amen.